Jesus had a pretty significant launch to his ministry, didn't he? In a very short amount of time, he um, recruited his disciples. He spoke the words of prophecy um, and of Isaiah 61, where there was sight for the blind and release of the captives and, and releasing the prisoners um, and on and on. Um, the kingdom of God was at hand and Jesus was bringing the message to the people. Today, um, <clears throat> he's in a situation. He just went into the synagogue and he taught and then there was a man that began to scream at him. It says calling out. He was screaming at him and saying, we know who you are, the Holy One of God. Have you come to destroy us? Uh, and Jesus was not shaken by this. He still had that same authority as when he taught and prophesied. And he commanded that this unclean spirit, as it's called in this translation, would come out of the man, which it did, and all was calm and good again, except the people looked at this, and they were amazed. Wasn't this just a man? Wasn't this just someone that they knew from, from Nazareth, not very far from Capernaum? And yet, he had the power, power over evil, unclean spirits, demons, he was demonstrating, Jesus was, that he was indeed the Holy One of God. We read this text, and it sounds to us like uh, biblical exorcisms, you know, the casting out of demons. Jesus did this on and off, you know, a fair, fair number of times. Jesus healed people, and some of the healing was healing of those who were possessed by demonic spirits, and he restored them to wholeness, to the ability to live a, a life and thrive and, and be freed of the demons. It sounds to us like uh, one of the many good things that Jesus did for people. When we read this, it's very hard to get into the mindset of the first century Christians. We read this and we put it into more therapeutic terminology. We, we, um, look at this as um, demon possession. You know, what do we do with that? We don't really talk about demons much in this world. And uh, we, um, you know, what is, what is demon possession? What is casting out demons? Well, much of the time we say, well, uh, he was mentally ill. You know, uh, he, his, his demon possession caused them to be mentally ill and Jesus healed them from, from their mental dysfunction, if you will. That's kind of the way that we look at it and try to understand scripture. We use therapeutic language and we, and we look at this and see how Jesus showed great compassion to this man whose life was, was just a trauma. Um, but I'm looking at this scripture today from a little bit of a different angle. Certainly, uh, scripture says he cast out the demon and the unclean spirit is what this scripture calls it. And, and that is indeed what happened. But I'm thinking that it's a little bit more than um, this individual who was healed. It was a little bit more than, than just 
a healing and a restoring to, to full life. I'm saying that in this passage, Jesus is demonstrating early in his ministry his authority and his power over the forces of evil. And the reason I think we can say that is um, um, that there's really very little emphasis on the person being healed. There's nothing that afterwards that talks about him and what he was like. The emphasis is not on the individual. The emphasis is on this clash, this confrontation of good and evil that happened in the synagogue and that Jesus, with a calm and firm authority, spoke and demonstrated that he was more powerful than the power of evil. This was something that the first century Christians would, first century people would understand very, very well. They saw the world differently than we do. In their minds, everything in the world was caused by uh, a specific cause, uh, either the power of good or the power of evil, and that throughout the world there was moving the power of God or good and this demonic power of evil. Evil was circulating throughout the world trying to destroy, kill, traumatize, maim, ruin life. And, and the good was coming against that power. There was a collision that was happening. Not, you know, that we, we lived in this natural world, but there was this cosmic world out there. Whereas, as St. Paul said in Ephesians, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but our struggle is against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That was the way they understood how the world worked. And, uh, and so for Jesus to demonstrate his authority over evil was a very exciting thing for the people in Galilee in the first century. They were a conquered people, remember. Rome uh, has, uh, occupies their country. Soldiers everywhere. There's a garrison not very far from Capernaum and Nazareth, a garrison of Roman soldiers. And uh, these people um, live a pretty tenuous existence. Not only are they relatively poor, if not very poor, but um, the power of life and death resides with the Romans. So their lives were tough, and they knew the power of evil in a very firsthand way. And, uh, and so to see that there was a power of good and a power of God, indeed then the kingdom of God had come and was coming, and it was a thrilling, liberating experience for the people that were in the synagogue that day. Um, as it says in the Gospel of John, light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not extinguished it. That was the message, the good news, uh, the, the coming of the kingdom of God. Okay, so here we have in our passage today a cosmic battle of good and evil, and Jesus is demonstrating his power. Let's skip 2,000 years to today. As we read scripture, and as we ask the spirit and the power of God to, to teach us in the world that we live in, the way we understand this world, what 
is the message for us. We understand mental illness is a terrible thing. Would you agree? I think there's probably no one in here whose family has not been touched to some degree by mental illness, by addiction, by alcoholism, which is a type of, of, of illness, and, uh, and on and on and on, you know? Um, it's as though a power takes over someone's life and, and they are helpless against it. It's, that's what it is, is as, as though. And so it's easy for us to read these passages in scripture and to think of it and think of demon possession as, um, as a kind of mental illness. Um, I think all of us could think and say maybe we have known personally someone who is um, just evil to the core. We try to say people do evil things, but they're not necessarily evil or bad people. But there are some people that seem to be utterly and totally motivated by evil, the desire to destroy, to punish, to uh, kill and maim and ruin people's lives. Would you agree? I see a lot of people saying, yeah, I know of people like that. I have met people like that. Or I have heard um, of people like that. Um, but we have a hard time distinguishing between, on this continuum, mental illness, hmm, really bad evil deeds, and the power, the cosmic power of evil that penetrates and permeates and impacts our world. That's what I want us to talk about this morning. How do we decide? What is our understanding of evil? And how do we figure this out? How do we interpret the things that go on in this world? Have you ever encountered someone, like in our text today, who uh, seems to be demon-possessed or seems to be um, ranting, not really with a pretty loose grip on reality. I was a pastor at Oak Cliff United Methodist Church for seven years. It's in a very poor part of um, Oak Cliff, lots of homeless uh, people, lots of addicts in the area. Uh, and although, <coughs> you know, not every day, but we, we encountered more than once people that uh, were kind of ranting and talking to themselves, um, paranoid, sure, that, that uh, people were out to get them. People would come in and ask me occasionally, please pray for me because, you know, these people are, you know, you, you get it. it it's, there, was a, there was a large number of people that we encountered that were in that way. Um, I never felt uh, endangered. I would not say that any of these people that I uh, met and prayed with were um, um, evil people are doing evil evil deeds but their lives were were they were not thriving okay so let's move on up the scale um there is a story in the most recent christian century magazine about a man named uh, pastor ismael ruiz mulan He's the director of the House of Hispanic Studies at Duke University. 
So lots of credentials here. He was on a trip, a mission trip in Tijuana, Mexico, at a place called El Parque de Mapa. And when he was there, he went up to a man and uh, was initiating a conversation. Uh, and the man turned on him and he said, I've killed several people just for fun, and if I want to, I can kill you right now in front of all these people. And he said, uh, he said, he, you know, life stood still. <laughs> Time stood still for him. It was a frightening experience. He said, I don't, he said back to the man, I don't know why um, you have done all that you say, but know this, please. God loves you, and because I've experienced God's love in my life, I can tell you, I love you too. He said the man screamed even louder. That is impossible. No, no, no. I'm a bad, bad person. No one can love me. And the pastor said, uh, yes, God loves you, and I love you. May I pray with you? And he said, surprisingly, the man's demeanor changed. And he said, yes, pray for my family. He said, I haven't seen them in years I don't think I will ever see them again. And he said they prayed together, and when they were through, the man walked away. The last time he ever saw him. He has no idea the outcome of that story. Um, he knows the impact it made on his life. <laughs> it was um, an interesting, kind of frightening story. I don't know that any of us have encountered a, such a force of speaking evil. Again, I would not say this. That Where is this man on this continuum from, from ill to totally controlled by the power of evil? Where is anyone in this world on this continuum? I think it's important that we know. I think it's important as Christians that we have some consideration of evil. It's not something that, that I uh, have uh, grown up with. I mean, there's just bad people that do bad things, right? And that's certainly true. But maybe, indeed, there are some people that are so bad that they are just consumed by evil. Do we believe that there are powers of evil or powers of darkness um, powers of violence that are moving and working in our world today. Yeah. Yeah? Um, can you think of examples? Oppression, wickedness, violence, destruction. Yeah. I'm talking about spiritual warfare here. The way we commonly understand it, that's a much milder kind of a thing, you know? Oh, I'm dealing with spiritual warfare because I'm being you know, harassed or whatever. I'm talking about cosmic confrontation and collision of good and evil. What would be some examples of just horrific evil that have happened in the last hundred years? Say it again. Genocide. Genocide. In which country? You could name, yeah, yeah. Many countries, there has been genocide. Just the absolute killing of people just because they are of a, of a certain religious faith or ethnicity. Other examples? 9 Pardon? 
9-11 was a pretty terrible thing, wasn't it? It seemed to be uh, focused at, a, at an ideology and not at individuals at all. Others? Anyone alive during World War II? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think you can look at the killing of over 20 million people uh, in warfare as well as the death camps without saying that there was some kind of horrific power of evil that had just consumed a people and allowed them to do such incredible deeds over such a long period of time. Not just Hitler, you know. The power of evil moving and impacting our world. A little closer to home, please. Say it again. Oklahoma City bombing was pretty evil. What else? Mass shootings. I mean, the church, Sutherland Springs. Folks, that's really close to home, just south of, uh, south, wherever it is near San Antonio. Um, walking in and slaughtering people. Evil. High school shooting, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a tough world. But then it's always been a pretty violent world because we are violent people and we are people that uh, are um, prone to yield to temptation and we are um, eager to do things that are for our benefit disregarding the welfare of others. Okay, why am I talking about evil and confronting evil today? It's not the kind of sermon, I've never in all the years of preaching preached a sermon like this. It's why, other than the fact that I brought it up and that I see it in the scripture, why are we talking about this today? Why do Christians need to consider evil? I think, like, there's some comments that are just almost coming out back there. Did you have something you wanted to say? Yeah. You look like you did. Okay. Um, why is it important that we Christians have considered that there's evil in this world and that we learn to identify where evil is. I want you to say it louder. We need to, we need to counteract evil in some way uh, through prayer, certainly. Uh, and, and what other? What did Jesus do when Jesus was confronted by evil? And we're talking about uh, the, the powers of darkness in this man that was screaming at him, I know who you are. He didn't avoid it. He didn't ignore it, right? He didn't minimize it or rationalize it and say, well, this poor guy, he's just got a problem here, you know. We'll, uh, take, him, we'll take him to someplace for treatment. Um, he responded in a clear and firm, authoritative voice, knowing that good triumphs over evil. Jesus was the good. He came 
to defeat the powers of evil and darkness. Part of his mission and part of what happened at the cross didn't look like a victory, did it? Didn't look like a victory at the cross. And yet, at the, at the cross, Jesus defeated the powers of evil. And yet, we do not have the full realization of that because evil is still moving in our world. Um, one other thing Jesus did not do is fight. He didn't fight back, did he? When he was standing before Pilate, the power of the Romans, he did not fight back. He did not speak. He didn't justify himself. Fighting um, evil, it doesn't come by confronting with the evil with the same measures that evil is using against you. Okay. What I am not doing today, as I'm talking about evil, is such a temptation to take this and go the wrong direction. I am not demonizing any group of people. Not the Germans, not the Muslims, not the uh, anybody, okay? There is no group of people that uh, are consumed by evil. There are individuals that are. We're not saying, um, I am not saying that our reaction to evil must be that we must fight back and stomp out evil, stamp out evil, crush evil, so that then we can live in a safe and healthy world. You know? It doesn't work, and that's not what Jesus did. I am not saying that we are the good guys with the white robes and the golden halos, and everything that we do is therefore good, and uh, all those bad, bad people out there, and we can all name who they are, right? I mean, it gets, you can slip into a self-righteousness and, a, and a, a living out of vindictiveness that is evil, if you're not careful. Um, what am I saying? I'm saying that we live in this world. We are not to be of this world, but we live in this world. And we will be assaulted by evil, or at least we will hear about it. And we will hear about the effects of, of evil in this world. What are we to do as Christians? There are no easy answers. Don't you hate it when somebody says that? There are no easy answers. Uh, I'm not here to say, okay, everybody has to mobilize and we have to go out on a mission. Certainly not saying we need to get another crusade. But we do need to recognize. We need to have our spiritual antenna tuned to, to pick up the, the um, waves that come from evil, from people acting in evil ways, from people hurting and traumatizing and oppressing people um, uh, and killing people, as in the genocide uh, that, that went, goes on now and again around the world. We need to be available to God and we need to speak out when we see evil being perpetrated in this world. At least to name it. At least to name it. I'm thinking of um, a good man. 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who lived uh, in Germany in World War II and prior. He was a theologian, and he was one of the very early voices that spoke out against the rise of fascism and of Hitler in Germany, saying this man is, Hitler, is um, acting in the place of God. He's, he's, he's putting himself up as a god. And, von, and Bonhoeffer said, this is wrong, this is evil, we must resist as a Christian people. Um, he was harassed, as you can well imagine. He was imprisoned. And one of the last things uh, of the people that were killed by Hitler in the camps, not, well, he was in a, he was in a prison camp, not a death camp. Um, he was, he was uh, executed just before the liberation came. He spoke up. He had firm words as a Christian. He followed Jesus, his Lord. He paid a high price. But then we pay a high price when we turn and look the other way, when we ignore, when we rationalize, when we minimize things that are evil in this world. These are the words of Scripture for the people of God for such a time as this. Amen.